Spoiler alert. Here you go. Here you go. I don't know, wait. How do you manage to get all girls to hate us? I think I've come up with something. That looks good. That looks really good. Welcome to Facebook. You made Facebook. We have groupies. This is our time. We're being accused of breaching security. You stole our website. Violating individual privacy. Let's gut the nerd. Doesn't anybody have a sense of humor? And welcome to uh, installment three of um, of uh, um, Oscar Poker. This is Jeffrey Wells speaking. I happen to be sitting uh, in a backyard of a of a hotel called the Maidstone Hotel in East Hampton. I've been attending the uh, the Hamptons Film Festival for the last uh, three days or two and a half days. And I'm speaking, of course, with Sasha Stone in Los Angeles. Hi, Sasha. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm uh, uh, very comfortable and very uh, very happy here. That's good. And uh, and we're also speaking with our esteemed uh, box office uh, specialist Phil Contrino from BoxOffice.com. Hello, Phil. Hey guys, thanks again for having me. Good to have you. So our leadoff uh, uh, topic, it seems, for a Sunday is the somewhat surprise—well, not somewhat surprising, but mildly surprising—triumph um, uh, uh, of, of the social network uh, for a second weekend in a row, after there having been, Phil, and this is your area, of course, there having been init- uh, indications earlier this week that perhaps uh, Secretariat, the kind of populist, uh, uh, you know, uh, emotional movie, horse racing—you know, everybody loves a, a good horse race. That might be the the movie that that surged ahead. And in fact, you were telling me that. So there obviously there were indications. So maybe you could just give us the run up as to what it looked like earlier and why it seemed to turn this weekend in the favor of of social network, including beating, by the way, the Catherine Heigl film, uh, uh, which the name of which just went on my <laughs> life as we know it. Life is life. Is every everything, but you know, it's the same type of title. It doesn't. You know. I know. But anyway, Phil, do you want to you get into that? And tell, what were you hearing earlier this week? Let's start with that. Yeah, I mean, we knew early on in the week that this was going to be a close race. I mean, our predictions were that the films were going to land within a million of each other. It ended up being a little more spread out than that. Um, you know, social network one, because a lot of, you know, what we discussed last week where people just needed to hear that the film was good, hear that it was interesting. And like we said, you know, not a, uh, a boring movie about people sitting at their computer typing. So the word of mouth is already out there. And, you know, it's time for all social network uh, supporters to crank up Baby, You're a Rich Man, because <laughs> this is, uh, you know, the the 31% drop or yes, yeah, 31% in a, in a sophomore week is excellent. That's a that's very a much cause for celebration. Um, so the word's out there, and, and people are going to see a great movie. So it's you know makes my job a lot easier to to report that kind of stuff. Um, now, in terms of life as we know it in Secretariat, uh, the data from Disney about Secretariat's opening is kind of surprising. Sixty-seven uh, percent of the opening weekend audience was defined as couples. And I think right there is why it lost to life as we know it, because if if predominantly couples were going to see this and not families, only 27 percent of the audience was defined as families, mm. family audiences. So if only couples were going to see that, of course, it's going to lose out to life as we know it. That's the, the better date movie of the two, you know, by far. Um, so but the, the reassuring thing is that it had an A from cinema score overall rating and 55 percent uh, was female and then 58 percent was over 35 that the 58 over 35 is a reassuring thing for its um are you talking about the Heigl film or the or secretariat secretary yeah and this is for secretary so the fact that 58 percent of the audience is 35 and older means that look it's it's you know it's skewing older and those people tend not to to rush out the first weekend and that's going to be the case here so it'll hold nicely but it's still not a not a good debut in in any way um and certainly not you know i think the the blindside comparisons are pretty much going to stop dead here because you know blindside had a little bit of a a warmer critical reception and that opened to like 35 million i think something like that so so phil uh, let me uh let's let me understand clearly um are you suggesting that perhaps people uh started to pick up immediately that they that the secretary was perhaps not the not the blind side that wasn't quite the the um, uh, engaging, uh, emotionally arousing film that people thought it might be? Or are you saying that – because I thought it takes a, a little longer for people to get onto that. 
No, I just think there's generally not a rush to see the movie. It's not it, just because of the the audience that it's hitting based on the Disney numbers. You know, people aren't you know in a, in a big hurry to see it. They'll they'll catch it whenever next weekend. So you'll see. I mean, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if next weekend you see like a, a 30, 35 percent drop, something similar to Social Network. And that might not necessarily be, be well. The word of you know the word of mouth is going to be good. The cinema score is an A. So yeah, I mean, but the fact that it opened to only you know twelve point six. I mean. It, it can only go so far. Um, you know, in terms of a multiplier, I'd say it'll, you know, it'll probably hopefully get to maybe 50 million at this point, but it's, you know, it, the second weekend is really when you get an idea of, you know, where it's heading. Um, so it'll be interesting. May I politely but earnestly interject a thought at this juncture? <laughs> as, sure. as Danny Rose would say. Uh, there's no basis for, for the uh, secretariat to be an A, and anybody, and by even the least discriminating person, it's a very, very tidy and and um, and unambitious and very kind of uh, you know conservative, conservative-minded film. Not just in terms of the undercurrent about white America and the whole picket fence current that um, that Andrew O'Hare was speaking of, but it really is not. You know, it's a it's a nice B in my mind. It's not an A. So I don't understand why people were like. In other words, they were saying really great, right? That's what an A means, right? Yeah, and it's a satisfying yeah. film. I mean, I'm sorry to say, but it is. It's satisfying. When you're asking someone walking out of a theater if they loved a movie or not, they're not going to give you necessarily a critic's take. I mean, they're just going to say, "Did I enjoy the movie? Yeah, I enjoyed it. That's an A, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. But what you're saying, Phil, is that it did not draw anybody in the like eighteen to twenty-five crowd, and that those are the big money makers. Is that what? Is that right? Because if it's, I wouldn't even say eighteen to twenty-five. I'd say the the family crowd. I mean, like I said, only twenty-seven percent family audiences, and I thought it would be a lot higher than that. Yeah. So, you know, maybe maybe parents just aren't seeing this as something. You know, maybe they think it's too dry and too, you know. Um, you know, I'm too, too, too boring for the kids. You know what I mean, that's that's it. You know, the first of Scott Glenn. But you know, the only yeah. thing they were advertising was the horse and the horse race. That's why I'm surprised more people didn't turn out for it. Because to me, I think that's exciting. You know, um, just seeing the image of Secretariat. They didn't really advertise all the boring stuff that's in the movie. It was more about just the horse and the race. So I am kind of surprised that it didn't do better. Yeah, yeah, we are too, uh, for sure. Uh, can I also interject a thought about the Katherine Heigl film, just for a second, <laughs> while we're all talking? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is the single horriest cliche uh, that 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 uh, any relationship movie can possibly have? Pretty much every relationship movie of any you know interest or distinction since at least going back to the African Queen uh, some sixty years ago, which is that. They meet and they don't like each other. Mm -hmm. uh, the guy is either vulgar or he's uh, uh, you know, stuck up or he's, uh, you know, he's got some majorly objectionable uh, quality and the woman can't stand him. And that, of course, is the tip-off that they're going to be madly attracted to each mm -hmm. other or, in fact, already are madly attracted to each other. And it's just a matter of, you know, somewhere in the second act, end of second act, they're going to realize they're going to give up all this hostility and realize that they really care for each other. And then the uh, uh, beginning of third act, something's going to go wrong that threatens their their wonderful relationship, and then they're going to get it together. And it's going to work out at the end. They all do the same thing, and I was amazed, really astonished, that year after year they they do the same thing over and over. Well, listen, and I'm there's there's a reason McDonald's continues to sell hamburgers. People know what they're going to get, right, Phil? They're walking into some a, a predetermined formula that works, right? It's boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl back. You know, it's the it's the formula they're selling, wouldn't you say? Yeah, really, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's a comfortable date movie, you know, and that's what people and, want. You and know, they people, want an easy choice on a Friday night. They want to be bored. They want to see the same thing. They want to see hostility turns into passion and amour. Um, well, yeah, and what they want is they want to, they know that they're going to get a happy ending, so they're going in for that rush of the they all live happily ever after. I mean, what has changed in the last eighty years? Nothing. It's always been that way. You know. You know, yeah. but what what makes you really feel the current of a, of a love affair? Uh, as Sidney Pollack said, happy endings are are banal. The interesting uh, love story endings are the ones in which they don't quite work out, you know, right. and, and it's that sense of if only it could have been, um, 
I've never been, I've never felt good about a, a happy ending where everybody's kissing and being and happy and off into a golden sunset, except once when I saw Some Like It Hot. That's the only happy ending that I, and that's not, I mean, I'm not even sure that's a happy ending. That's kind of a bizarre ending, but. Uh, Nobody's yeah. perfect. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> ending. Uh, we should take this moment to inform our listeners that Jeff is sitting outside. And so if you hear some rumblings, that's just the wind gently blowing against his microphone. So yeah. <laughs> don't. Think There's it's... A, a right Route 27 cars and occasional trucks, and there are also swans, and there's a big pond on the other side. It's really pretty. It's the most. Uh, it's in fact, this is the quietest moment, uh, the most settled down, uh, you know, kind of meditative moment I've had since I came here, or arrived here on Thursday, um, Thursday afternoon. So oh, that's it's sounds, beautiful. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, so Every, should we everybody ask? Everybody is here. Yeah. So should we ask Phil um, what to expect for the box office next weekend? <laughs> you guys aren't going to like that. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> you know it comes out next weekend, right? <laughs> red, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, red. And then the jackass 3D. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeff's favorite. Well, we, number one. <laughs> we've, already, we've already registered our indignation at the, at the idea that those films might make more than so. And that's fine. You know. Well, uh, did you guys see the, the drop for Let Me In? 53%. Oh, my oh, God. I'm wow. sorry. Yeah, which is worse than I even expected. So that's... Uh, Jeff, uh, you know, keep Man. keep fighting the good fight there because it's a a movie that deserves to be seen, and deserves recognition. But you well, know, mainstream audiences aren't buying it. But isn't there? A, isn't it usually if a film opens as far down as it did? I think what did it make? One point nine million for its opening weekend? No, it's like you know, it's like five point three million. Well, I guess you know. Oh, I don't know. I can't think of anything good to say, but I I still say that that it's the uh, responsibility. Really, the responsibility of people who, uh, who are you know real priests or church members or deacons, whatever you want to call them, that they're really in the faith to uh, to to not really let box office performance be the whole determining factor as to whether this film is either you know award worthy in terms of the critics groups or nominatable. I mean, it's you know good is good. Something that is that is strong is is strong, and it shouldn't. I understand that the Academy will never understand or, or agree with what I'm trying to express here but it really shouldn't be dismissed at least by people on our end because just because people decided that it's not good because we I think we there's a common recognition here that this is a a, a film that is uh, that it did it right and 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 it was uh, you know praised uh, pretty much across the board by almost everyone so I, I, that just has to be said I think mm-hmm. and repeated so. Well, yeah, I'm starting to worry about from you know a box office perspective, even from the Oscar perspective, about mm. the ten slots. And you know, last year I, I liked the ten nominees because you had smaller films that got in, like An Education and A Serious Man. Yeah. And I'm worried that this year it's going to be all popular entertainment. I I think Secretariat still has a very real shot of getting in there, especially uh-huh. the sixth round. The town <laughs> still agree. has a decent uh-huh. shot. I know Jeff, you you hate the town. And uh, no, you, you I don't I, I don't, there, no, I, I don't hate the town. It was it was okay, but it it was yeah. a completely unbelievable relationship I thought between Rebecca Hall and Ben Affleck. We've already <laughs> this with, with Sasha. Just, Sasha says it doesn't matter because Ben Affleck's very hot looking and he's in great shape. So a woman in a managerial job at a bank would go you know, would go out and, and have an affair with this bohunk type guy who, who has who speaks in a Boston, you know, working class accent. Okay, fine, you know. I don't understand why that would be. Most 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 women that commit themselves to like really getting along in life and, and getting good jobs and, you know, wearing business suits and all that uh, and Donna Karen uh, why would they want to be with a guy like that I don't I don't get it but, well uh, uh, I was just gonna say he brings up an intriguing point about the best picture lineup because last year it was a lot half and half you know independent critically acclaimed films including the one that that did win the Hurt Locker which made no money at all yeah and was helped along by people like you and people who championed the movie even though it didn't make any money at the box office right so mm-hmm. This year, it looks like, you know, he's saying that, that it, big, big budget, big, you know, box office movies are going to dominate the field. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to introduce qualitative a discussion about the quality of product while we talk about numerical and just, quote unquote, popular reactions. And Secretariat, you just said that that's looking, you know, could well be one of the ten. Okay. But it is not as good. It just isn't as good as, as The Blind Side is I didn't think The Blind Side was a great film, but it clicked in. It kicked in in, in ways that were 
that you you felt that were you know it was, it was touching bottom and there was an emotional connection between Sandra Bullock and the, and the and the big guy and there was something about it that was working i was okay with it i i knew this was this was a decent film i just don't think secretariat is 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 on that level and i i'm amazed that you would give that serious you know say that might be a best picture thing hmm. well Sorry. i actually agree with phil i think it's going to be um I mean, I thought I really did think it was going to take the box office a lot more strongly than it did. So that's a problem for it. But. Well, yeah. Can we can we get on that? Let's let's can we use the the underwhelming box office performance of Secretariat as a way to dis- dismiss it and throw it out of the, you know? I, 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 <laughs> well, but it might have legs, though. Do you think it'll have legs? You know. Um, you know. Listen, I got to tell you, we're we're trying. I'm trying to get this thing going. We're trying to get in it, and and Phil. The brilliant Phil Scatrino always stays away from any opinion because he doesn't want to. Right? You you feel that it'll interfere with your the the purity of your. No, I'll I'll tell you. I'll I'll be blunt. I'll be frank. I didn't like it. It it bored me to tears. I I was not a fan of the movie, but you know, it's going to stick around. Um, it's 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 going to have legs. There's no question about it. It's that kind of a movie that people are going to discover and catch on to, and and that's it. Um, there's no question about that. And I think the Academy will have a tough time ignoring it. I mean. The, the other interesting thing too that I'd like to you know bring up to you guys is you know Diane Lane versus uh, Annette Benning possibly for you know best actress does does that race seat up now? Uh, look, you have to. Uh, I think it was uh, Howard Hawks made that famous uh, uh, remark about how a, a film uh, can be a really good film if it has three great scenes and the rest mm. of it is just okay. But if it has three great scenes, I think the same. Uh, idea uh, perhaps applies to uh, to a to a best actress or best actor. You have to have three really good ones that really sink in. And I don't think she has three. I think she has two very good ones, but not three. Are we talking about two, Diane Lane? Or we are talking yeah. about Diane Lane. The oh, first okay. good one is when she talks back and t- and tells the manager who's been disloyal to her and her farm's interests that he's uh, you know she's not going to take that kind of uh, disloyalty from a, an employee. The second one is when she is looking at Secretariat, looks right in his eyes, and just wants to see and feel if he's ready to, to really run as, as hard as he can. Remember that moment when mm-hmm. she looks at him? Yeah. That's a good moment. And that, and, but you need one more like that, and I don't, I don't think it's strong enough. I, I understand that a lot of people disagree, but it's mm-hmm. a very good performance. It's just not nominatable, I don't think. I know. Well, there was a brief moment there where I thought if, if the movie had done what The Blind Side did and it, it became that popular, um, then I right. thought she had a chance of winning. Because Sandra Bullock, that wasn't an exceptional performance. It's just that people liked the character and it was her time to win because she made so much money for Hollywood that year. But, uh, and it, you know, it was just everybody was kind of rewarding Sandra Bullock finally. Um, Diane Lane's yeah. not really in that same position, and you don't like her character as much as you did, um, because there's not as much at stake. It's just a, a great horse winning a race. It's not, you know, saving the poor black kid from his, you know, horrible... from being in that bad bad environment with those homie guys uh, talking yeah. about threatening. Uh, Look, that was that was clear. He could be part of that milieu, and that and that would be obviously, uh, you know, you like the kid right away, so you don't want to see that happen. So exactly. That that, that makes sense. And it shows how it shows that old Oscar thing of, you know, people tend to vote for the characters they like more than they do vote for the performance. That's maybe 85 percent of the winners, I would say, fall into that category. So it's just a matter of how much you like and you root for um, Diane Lane. And I I thought it might be that sort of role at first, but I'm starting to get second thoughts now. I don't know. I don't think it's it's powerful enough. I think she, she could be nominated, though. Value-wise, I really respected uh, and admired her for telling her uh, very somewhat conservative husband, played by Dylan Walsh, that she, you know, that this is really important, and he doesn't get what she's doing, and that she really believes in this horse, and he wants her to just basically just come home. And I really thought that was, you know, what a jerk that guy is. You know, he doesn't want to support her. He doesn't want to be. Uh, her partner and and you know and recognize that she really feels the the religion about this horse, and I thought it was so empty and meaningless when he, at the end of the film, toward the end, he says, you know, honey, I think actually I I, I get it and I'm with you now. But that was after the horse started winning, so it was mm. really really empty. I thought. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on that totally. Um, this is I'll tell you the concentrated. Uh, uh, the, the 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 comfort and the ease that goes with any a- atmosphere in a, in a very uh, moneyed town as this is, and I'll tell you that I went to the most amazing party yesterday, 
uh, it was in a large estate uh, that was, I believe, uh, owned by the people who are, are the heirs of the Silver Cup fortune. Wow. Now, Silver Cup, besides bread, I believe, is that also... What do they make besides bread? Silver cup is is it is it desserts, bakery goods. It's it's bread stuff basically, right? Mm. Is that um, what it is? <clears throat> I'm not really sure. I have to look that up. Uh, I'm boring her again. Okay. Well, no. anyway, silver cup is. A, <laughs> you are not it, boring me, Jeff. That's not possible, honestly. There, there, there's a uh, anyway. It was a, a amazing uh, large estate with the kind of uh, um, uh, grounds around it that you see only in England with huge fields of just pure green stretching everywhere and um, and the whole all the gang was there uh, Tom Hooper from King's Speech and Andy Timeter and and uh, and uh, and, um, and 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 Julian Schnabel and Harvey Weinstein and uh, uh, just all the filmmakers that had uh, a lot of critics and it was just lovely really Gosh. lovely had a had a great you know and uh, it's it's very very it gives you a, a sense this is totally false this is not reality that my reality is you know, we all know what that is. It's it's, it's regular. It's it's being regular. It's being disciplined. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's doing the dishes. You know, that's you know, we have to you know live with that. But this is like time out. It's like a fantasy world. It's it's really really beautiful. Oh, it sounds like it. I hadn't even heard of the Hamptons Film Festival really until you started writing about it. Now it looks like I would love to attend that. I mean, it just looks so luxurious, like something out of an F. Scott Fitzgerald novel. You know. <laughs> but may I say, it's not a good place to raise children. Ah, oh, really. Because I think you have to raise a child with, and so that they understand that there is some adversity to life, and it's not as easy as it seems in this in this town. Hmm. I, I speak from experience as someone who came from a upper middle class uh, Connecticut uh, uh, exurban uh, town called Wilton, and uh, I think that kids that are raised on the street and maybe get a sense that there's you know you got to protect yourself and be wary of the of of uh, well you just can't assume that things are going to work out in your favor right. and rich communities tend to I think um, um, instill that notion uh, in, in kids heads and I've seen the I've seen what happens when, when people you know who have raised been raised that way uh, get into their 20s and they say how much better am I going to live I might as well mm. just stay in this wonderful town and just be a be a townie and just you know kick back yeah right burnout yeah I bet it gets very boring for young people um, yeah, which often leads to horrible things like drugs, <laughs> you <Yep>. know, <laughs> out yeah. of boredom. Yeah, that's true. But, um, well, Phil, what else can we talk about box office wise? Have we covered this uh, topic? Do you want to get it? What's what's uh, beyond the the, uh, the 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 double whammy of um, of, uh, of Jackass and uh, pulling up the calendar now? Uh, November fifth, you've got uh, uh, four colored girls. I mean, some people lumping oh that in the Oscar situation. It's, um, Tyler yeah. Perry cannot make a film that I'm that I can stand sit through without without cringing. But uh, <laughs> but he does. Ma his movies uh, make money though, don't they? I mean, I I don't I've, I don't make money. I don't think I've ever actually seen a Tyler Perry movie. I'm I'm sort of embarrassed to admit. But um, but I do mm. know that they make money. Isn't that a big story every time? Is how much money his films make? So um, they're loyal audiences that show up. Yes. Yeah. And the yeah, one, there, you know, there could be a current that comes in that, you know, the Academy says, look, this guy's been, you know, doing this for a while, making a lot of money. I mean, it, it looks like a showy kind of, hey, Oscar, look at me movie. Right. So, you know, we'll see what happens. It is based upon a play that was respected and, and, and you know, had a certain uh, uh, cachet. So it was a decent play, de definitely a decent play. So if he gets out of the way of the material and maybe, maybe it'll be okay. Who knows? Mm. But, it, but it looks to me very ham-fisted. It looks, it looks, I can just feel that, that thing that I get from his other films. I'm basing it solely on the fragmentary evidence of the trailer, but I, I do not have a good feeling about it. <laughs> and and there's other people that are saying, you know, we have to have a film that was made by an African American because there are no, uh, nobody. I think it was Greg Kilday, didn't we say this yeah. last week that they wrote that story about there are, there are no uh, minority filmmakers uh, if you get outside the foreign film thing actually, uh, obviously uh, that are represented. So so maybe by that, you know, uh, arithmetic, uh, it would be one of the ten. That's maybe. possible. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And one other thing to, to bring up um, to coming up soon is Here, Hereafter on the 22nd. Oh, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how audiences react to that. I know a lot of the, I haven't seen it yet, but I know a lot of the you know earlier reviews have not been kind. Mm. And the trailers are kind of, um, 
for lack of a better word, I would say confusing. It's it's kind of it it seems like a movie that's all over the place. So you know, right now we're saying a 14 million opening, and that's based mostly on Matt, you know, Damon. Matt Damon's drawing power. But you know, he's he really can. You know, he has a tough time with movies that don't have "born" in the title. I mean, look at right. Green Zone; that didn't open strong at all. So what about interesting? What about that? Uh, the way they gave Matt Damon the eyes of a husky. Have you guys noticed that? Well, I, my daughter said, she, she saw the poster and she just said, that is the weirdest poster. Is that Matt Damon? And she just went on and on about how confusing and strange the poster was and off-putting, you know? Like, who would want to go see that movie based on the poster? Um, I think that the creative team was probably saying, no, we need to convey that he's got something going on inside him that's extra special, that's perceptive, that's that's a little, maybe a little bit like an alien almost, but we don't want to overdo it. Hmm. And there was probably people that said, well, let's just have a little sparkle in his eye. And, no, that's not strong enough. I know, let's make his eyes light blue like a husky, like an Alaskan husky, <laughs> and people will say, something's going on here, no question about it. <laughs> so, well, I don't think, I mean, based on the poster and the trailers, I can't imagine that people are going to be heading to the theater in droves to see it, you know. Um, I just can't imagine it, even though I think it's a really good movie. I'm one of the few that actually liked the movie, but... Um, well, did you see it, Sasha, with a large uh, kind of all-media crowd or something? How did, where did you see it? With a small group, or how did you... What were the um, I actually saw it in one of those, you know, very she-she screenings, which I never get invited to, but, you know, the kind that they shuttle you in and... Um, uh -huh. All the, you know, Leonard Malton and, you know, all the respected critics were there. And uh, it was in the really nice theater at Warner Brothers. Usually I'm in the little tiny room up at the top, you know, screening mm -hmm. room number five. This is yeah. screening room number 12. It's the big one, you know. Uh -huh. So it was a really nice place to see it. Um, mm. It's sort of my kind of movie anyway, though, because, you know. Um, well, I think we've all, if we've all been to a, uh, to just see it with a crowd, there's a feeling in the room when people are responding to it, even without them saying it. But you can you can feel engagement. You can feel uh, kind of a murmur of uh, intrigue or excitement when a when a film is ended. You know, maybe mm -hmm. a little smattering of applause. The atmosphere at the Toronto Film Festival um, audience that I saw it with was utterly flat mm. when it ended. I mean, it was just like everybody got up and just left. There was just no, you know, hanging around, talking about it. There's nobody, ch you know, chattering about it outside. I think it's going to just uh, die immediately. It's mm. just, uh, and, I, and I say this with regret. I say this with mixed feelings because of the great regard that I hold for Clint Eastwood. Do you, uh, but uh, I know that you're a, you, you, in fact, you I, think I, it's one of his best, right? So, I, I really I, I, do. Yeah. I think it's one of his most mature stories that doesn't fall back on his usual cliches. I think he was really trying. Like, it reminds me of Letters from Iwo Jima and Flags of Our Fathers, the combination of those two films. Like, he was trying to do something outside of his comfort zone. And I really appreciated okay. that from him, especially at 80 years old. I think as you go through life, as I get older, I'm 45 now, but as I get older, I see that wisdom is a valuable thing. And too often in our culture, we're putting so much um, onto these young people who don't yet have wisdom. And so they're the main force at the box office. Well, here comes a movie that is by an older person who has wisdom of life and is, is lot, you know, talking about the tough questions, um, mortality and death and mourning. And, you know, so I appreciate that as an older person because it's something I can chew on intellectually. It's not an easy entertaining movie you know but um, I appreciated what he was trying to do and I didn't think it was bad I you know cried all the way through it and you know I reacted strongly to it so mm -hmm. but I'm so wrong about the box office Phil I can't tell you because last week remember I thought I really thought Secretariat was just gonna you know break the bank so I'm, I'm refusing to ever predict box office anymore <laughs> <laughs> it was a valiant effort it was a valiant effort I you know I smiled and you know if I would say I would have you know pat you on the head and said you know nice job oh, but, no, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's, and especially with uh you know my salt to take I mean that was we you know we've we've picked up the vibe that you know based on how let me in in case 39 did that yeah you know, people are waiting for paranormal activity and saw 3d you know the the, the hard junkies are you know yeah. Hey Phil, you haven't seen uh, uh, um, 
a, a new film or a film that's been kicking around that's going about to open in in December uh, called Blue Valentine. Has that gotten across to you? Do you go to screenings? Uh, no, I haven't gone to the, the screening. I, I go to New York screenings, and I haven't gone to that yet. So um, that'll be interesting because it's look, it's got controversy for sure. I mean, the NC seventeen thing's going to help it, and and people are going to start talking about it. So it could be like a you know a little indie that breaks out because I don't I don't see the potential for a lot of that in, in some of the films that are opening, you know, later in the year. So there has to be something that comes along and just really surprises people and picks up momentum. So that could be it. Hmm. It has, it really has something. I don't know. It's, and I, I'm, I, I tried to confess to this in a piece I wrote this morning that uh, sometimes when you see a film uh, in, say, the fifth or the sixth day of a, of a film festival, right. like Sundance, you're going, you know, 17, 18 hours a day. And that's not an exaggeration. I really mean 17 or 18, mm-hmm. including, you know, running around and going to this. So <clears throat> what happens is that you, you get a little cranky, you get a little testy after about four or five, six days. And, and, and if something rubs you a little bit the wrong way, as some of Ryan Gosling's uh, performance did, mm-hmm. uh, you tend to, like, go with that feeling and... Um, I t- I'll tell you, I saw it well rested, and it's been shortened somewhat. Some of the, uh, some of what uh, was in the film in January, I think, Sasha, you saw it at Cannes, so it may have been trimmed by then. But I know that the old Harvey Weinstein, we have to cut it down uh, uh, aesthetic was applied here. You know, Harvey scissor hands. Uh-huh. But this this time, I think it it really worked because I I don't know how to explain it other than that it is a better film than I initially understood or realized hmm. um, and it's and I think it's really got that wonderful John Cassavetes uh, uh, you know wonderful acting and just really penetrates I, I don't think it's the greatest story but it's almost like a straight performance thing and a and a atmosphere thing and it's and it's and I love the you know the younger and older uh, uh, juxtapositions all through the film I do too and I couldn't agree with you more I'd- it really did hit me that if there's going to be let's say if there's going to be a token small film small film that um, uh, you know people respect for its uh, um, for its nervy kind of uh, you know very powerful acting and you know really superb uh, uh, cinematography and just the way it's all been cut together and it has a Kind of a profound intimacy about it, and uh, and, and you, just, you know you're seeing something really good, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't have the greatest story. So, I thought that the the big story about Blue Valentine um, heading into the race would be that that Derek Cianfrance took ten years to make it, and yeah. that he had the characters kind of live the parts, and that it was cinema verite, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but that doesn't turn out to be the story. The story now, I think, is that it's an NC17 movie, and it's going to end up being one of those. Um, films that you know people talk about and really want to see and young kids won't be able to see because of the rating and mm-hmm. uh and, mm-hmm. but but it'll be sort of a badge of honor to have seen it you know um yeah. yeah so it's an interesting thing that they put this rating on it uh based on what i mean we, we were going to talk about that we don't really know mm-hmm. what what scene they could be i mean it does have some graphic sex scenes for sure um, and there's also a very um uh it's almost analogous you know, remember the spinal tap in The Exorcist? Yeah. The uh, with Linda Blair, which upset so many people. Um, you were suggesting that perhaps there's it's, there's an abortion scene that mm-hmm. doesn't actually end with an abortion. In fact, for people that are uh, that are repelled by the idea of abortion, as I personally am, even though I'm a card carrying liberal about about choice, uh, it still is a uh, um, uh, it's unnerving and Very. it's unsettling. You kind of you know. So it that, is very might, unsettling, might yeah, and hard to watch, and because they almost go to the point where she's about to get the abortion, right? So, yeah, right. and I remember squirming in my seat during that part and thinking, "Uh oh, this yeah. is you know, this is going to upset a lot of people." Uh, I didn't know where the film was going at that point. I thought maybe that she was going to have an abortion, and honestly, mm-hmm. you just don't see that in film anymore. It's pretty yeah. much the last ten years; it's just been um, mm-hmm. erased. People yeah. don't have abortions, although they did. She did. Joan did just had an abortion on Mad Men, so but they didn't show it. There's a scene between uh, Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams in which he is um, offended, uh, angered almost, uh, that she is just going through the motions of intimacy with him without mm. really being there emotionally for him, uh, without really opening herself up, without 
holding him and, and showing real warmth. It's just kind of a uh, almost like a gymnastic thing. And right. he says, "I don't, I don't want this. I want you here. You know, this is not what I want." I, there, if there is there isn't a married or or a going together couple that hasn't that doesn't know what that scene's about. That's oh. that, that's an adult scene. Absolutely. And that's, and it's so heartbreaking. I mean, the whole thing is so heartbreaking. You really side with him, I think, although you, you appreciate where she's coming from, too. You know, yeah. he is a guy that she's stuck with because she needed a father for her kid and he was so nice and he was taking yeah. care of her, but she just didn't love him. And he was intellectually beneath her. He wasn't really going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and she wanted to stay with him as much as the audience wants her to stay with him, but she just can't physically yeah. do it anymore you know and you, you look at them and on down the line they're they're totally they could turn into george and martha of who's afraid of virginia wolf if they kept going you know <laughs> <laughs> so um well somebody explain how it is that a uh, that a, a young girl of 21 22 who's um, attracted to this guy because he's very supportive and he's and he's just really loves her and he's just you know, but he is uh, clearly not a guy who's going to likely to be going anywhere, quote unquote, in life. You know, and having dropped out of high school and more than content to just work at uh, jobs like you know loading furniture and things like that, yeah. and loving the idea of being have have a can of beer at uh, nine o'clock in the morning. I mean, what do you think is going to go on? And then she says later, well. You have so much potential. You have the ability to to do more with your life. Mm. Don't you want to do that? And uh, it just seems like the, that that uh, decision, that realization, should have come to her many many months ago. Yeah, it should have. Or I, it was just really sad to watch. I mean, we know that couples stay together even without sex to raise their kids, right? We know that that's possible. Yeah. But he didn't want that from yeah. her. He wanted her emotionally too. I think she would have mm-hmm. just been content to have a sexless, loveless marriage with him just for the sake of the kid. But yeah. he wanted back what he had in the beginning and that's why it's such a heartbreaking story. You know? Yeah. I, it just felt yeah. real to me. I think that's the thing I liked the most about it is that it felt authentic. It, I never for a minute doubted that these were the people involved in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, why don't we just talk about the elephant in the room uh, as a sign-off thing? Because actually, I, this being the Hampton Film Festival, there's something happening every, and I have to go off to a, to my second viewing of 127 hours. You know? I know, but we have, I have to, we have to finish up with Phil, and then you have to give me a Hamptons report so far. Okay. All right. Well, uh, do you want to get anything else, else, Phil? Are there any any trends or or, or, or murmurings or tremors that you want to uh, get into? No, I think we covered most of what I wanted to get through. So. Oh, okay. good. Okay. Um, well, can I just ask you one question about Social Network? Uh, how do you think it's going to sure. do next weekend? Do you think it's just going to get killed by these two other movies? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I still think it's going to it's going to hang in there. I mean, right now it's at um, close to fifty million. So, uh, you know, it should definitely hit sixty million by next weekend. Hmm. So. Yeah, that's, wow. that's good. That's as, a great showing. As Phil explained to us earlier on, the the word is out. It's 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 locked in. Uh, people are not going to change their mind and say it's not worth saying. It's it's out there. So it's it's going to uh, continue uh, a pace uh, and and do pretty well, even with the the uh, you know the, the towering uh, thundering threat of of, of Jackass three uh, <laughs> D. You know, I, you know I, we've I, talked about this movie. We sh- we should really stop talking. Sasha, you and I have to see Jackass three D. <laughs> Sometime this week, <laughs> Phil. I just want to say thanks again. Your your uh, analysis uh, uh, and the way you uh, it's, you know put it very concisely is it's really a a pleasure and it's really nice having you uh, join us uh, on these things. So thanks again, man. Yeah, Appreciate thank you. It. Yeah, thanks, guys. The pleasure's all mine. Take care. You, so we're gonna do a. Uh, I'll just tell you what the the Hamptons Festival has been like. Okay. Uh, it, which is basically it's it's one small theater in the little village of East Hampton, which is by far the most expansive of all the towns in this region of eastern Long Island. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's just a little tiny plex with uh, not big theaters. And everybody's kind of, you know, trying to get into these hot films. Like Black Swan is showing in a film in a theater tonight that's maybe uh, – 140, 150 seats, something like that. Wow. So, it's, so it's not much of an opportunity. May, or it may be 180, but it's not a big theater. It's They're all kind of on the smaller side. Hmm. So, um, 
but the uh, but socially uh, and uh, and the, the 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 films that were that are they're showing Barney's version. They're showing the King's Speech, uh, as I as I mentioned. Tom Hooper is here. Uh, they're showing Black Swan, as I just mentioned. Uh, uh, One hundred twenty-seven hours, a uh, Blue Valentine, which is uh, a uh, uh, fair game. The Doug Liman, uh, uh, superb Doug Liman film that I've seen twice now. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really a uh, and they have um, uh, just a lot of uh, uh, Maiden Dagenham, uh, the, um, the 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 women's uh, equal pay uh, Mirau, which I um, saw. Oh, I should I should mention uh, by the way that Mirau, which is a film that I was very in, interested in, Sasha, and mm-hmm. I presume that you are too, because it you know Julian Schnabel to me means definitely interesting film. You definitely want to see it. He's he's done enough almost all good work i mean what's he's done that's really been a, a wipeout nothing really right. no he's a very right. good director you didn't by any chance happen to see his documentary about lou reed's berlin album that he did yeah i did see uh, that yeah. what did you think of that i thought it was wonderful but i'm a huge yeah, lou reed fan um what i was curious about this right. movie was that um I want to ask you two things. I want to ask you if you really think that what I think, which is the Hamptons and the Santa Barbara Film Festivals are really designed for targeting places where Academy voters live. Yes, um, that's, that's very true. It's true, right? Because otherwise, why would so it's many big, big names show up at these festivals? You know, It's the uh, premier festival for people that are in the film industry or and, and surrounding industries. It's the it's the coolest one in the New York area, and, and in terms of uh, having a kind of a uh, a festive. I mean, I'm I'm excluding obviously the New York Film Festival in Trebek. I'm just talking right. about one to, that that has a kind of a uh, a glowing quality that that everybody wants to go to, and it's just something you have to attend if you have a movie that's of any interest in the fall. You have to be here, and 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 that's it, it gets the talent. It's a, it's a really cool. Very much like the Santa Barbara Film Festival. Yeah, and it yeah, really does. It seems like it, it is drawing specifically os- all the Oscar contenders are kind of you know joined in there, which is why I was surprised mm-hmm. that the Cohen brothers um, didn't show for the Q and A. I don't know what the deal was, but I know that they were here at for a Ben Barinholtz tribute that happened last night in Montauk. Yeah, not all of the events were happening in East Hampton. You have to drive to Sag Harbor mm-hmm. or to Montauk. There was a um, there was a there was a uh, uh, a thing for uh, James Franco yesterday in Sag Harbor. I've you know all my life I've been hearing I've been uh, uh, you know envisioning what Sag Harbor. I've never actually yeah. been there. It's really a wonderful little you know the, the the marina itself with all the beautiful sailboats and everything. Mm. It's really gosh. I'm really glad I finally did that. So that's but the, but it's really quite a thing. So um, if if you're ever if you can get yourself out here someday, yeah, it's for really that. Difficult. I might do it. I might try to. It sounds really great. Um, but then, so with back to Miral. Um, so is yeah. is Frida Pinto? I think she's got. Um, you know, is it an Oscar role for her? Uh, well, the, here's here's the two the two interruptions are this. Um, she's playing a, a you know a fairly good part from the, if you look at it in terms of the bare bone, which is a young woman awakening to a uh, to feeling uh, a political anger and wanting to do more than just you know quote unquote get ahead in life but she feels a genuine rage about the way Palestinians have been treated about the raw deal that she feels they have been getting and so that's pretty good material as far as a, but but she has an opaque quality about her i think mm. she's almost so so uh, devastatingly beautiful those eyes are just they're transporting yeah. and and her face is perfect uh, symmetry itself so <clears throat> something ha- gets in the way of uh, she tries to act she's not i'm not calling her uh, a you know uh, uh, an actress who's not very good but there's just something that kind of blocks it out i don't know mm. what it is but she's um, and the second thing is and I uh, is that she is she very closely resembles the author of the book that the movie was based oh. upon, which is the key reason that Julian Schnabel uh, cast her. But the inescapable feeling is that there is a, a, a look to her face. Uh, just genetically, she looks like someone who hails from India. She mm. does not look like a Palestinian. Everybody else in the film, let's put it this way, they're either Israeli or they're Palestinian, and right. nobody looks like her. She looks like she's 
uh, some uh, genetic uh, hybrid of some sort. She doesn't look right, so I, I'm afraid it's a it's a it's a problem. It doesn't really. Uh, it's not a you know. It just doesn't work. And the and I and I thought perhaps that the uh, the way he shot he shoots it is is not. Uh, it's it feels scattered. It doesn't. Mm. It feels disconnected. Um, I was just. I was so upset personally. I don't know. You know, I, I'm a softie at heart. I I got very very upset for for him because I'm such an admirer of his other films. Right. I just didn't know what to say, and it was doubly um, uh, difficult for me because he was standing in the back of the theater, mm. and there, there was only one way out of there, and I didn't want to stay for the queue because again it was that the the after. Um, Climate, the the atmosphere in the in the theater was was really flat. I mean, nobody was even clapping lightly, and I, I just it just was clear that it had not worked, and people oh. didn't seem to. You know. Well, it must have been so, then for them not to have reacted that way with him in the room. That must have been hard because usually when a a filmmaker is there, even when I saw the Lovely Bones, uh, the filmmakers, you know, yeah. Susan Sarandon was there, and you know, even that the applause was very light in the theater. Um, but there was still applause. Really? Yeah, there was light applause. Cause I, cause, you know, that was the first Peter Jackson film that I was, I, I, I found a place in my head for it. I, I mean, I understood. I felt that there was a reason for the visions of whatever you want to call it. That she, she wasn't in heaven, but she was in a kind of an in-between place. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was, they were projections of her own sensibility, her own dreams about what she might uh, envision as, as a place, an afterlife of sorts. So I didn't have a problem with what he did. I felt that it was um, okay from, from because he was using her own personality, that young girl. And right. I, I thought it was all right. So I, I, didn't I agree with you. No, I didn't either. I was one of the few that was kind of championing the movie, but it did sort of across the board bomb. And uh, other than, you know, the few of us that did kind of like it, mm. yeah. um, it, it bombed. And the audience, you could tell they didn't like the movie at the screening I saw, but even because the filmmakers were there, they felt obligated to applaud anyway. But you could mm. tell, you could sense in the room that they didn't exactly like it, you know, but... Mm. I was just wondering with Julian Schnabel there and, and, and it being in a small theater and then people aren't really applauding, that must have felt kind of awkward. And doubly awkward because in that really wonderful party that I went to uh, yesterday afternoon, uh, um, you know, um, I guess if I were uh, a tougher person, I would just go up and, and talk to him and tell him, I'm sorry I didn't, uh, you know, but I but I was, but what you do is this dance, you kind of don't want to go in as a, vicinity just in case he gets he gives you a dirty look or mm. or, or you know you you give him a guilty look but it just i didn't want to it was it was uncomfortable oh i was dear. sorry gosh yeah. so how would you say would you rate it as just a bad movie or would you say it just doesn't work um but there are some good things about it let me tell you it got to the point <clears throat> that i was thinking all right this is not working but i've got to focus and and try and get into the some things that do work so at least mm. i can exhibit for the sake of politeness, if just nothing more than politeness, some genuine enthusiasm for some aspects, and I really didn't like anything about oh, it. Oh dear! Not yeah. even so. Not even Frida Pinto. Frida Pinto's beauty, you're saying, was a hindrance in this case because she didn't look authentic to the to the film. She doesn't look like a true person of the region. There's just mm-hmm. the way her her gene her genes have are seem to be from from Mumbai and not from you know um, from from the from the West Bank in 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 in, uh, in former Palestine so it just doesn't you just don't believe it uh, and I and I, I I know that she physically resembles the author of the book and there's no disputing that but it just doesn't feel right so I I don't know what to say you know what would have been interesting also there's something really uh, do you remember the feeling that you that we all got when we were watching Memoirs of a Geisha mm-hmm. uh, yeah. This, uh, you know, everybody's speaking English. It really is wrong to. Uh, I know that that Julian Schnabel had everybody speak English in Before Nightfall, which is, I think, his master his masterwork. Right. Uh, but for whatever reason, that wasn't a problem there because they were all speaking Spanish accented English in Cuba. Mm. But I didn't have a. Somehow that went down. I didn't. It didn't uh, create a hiccup for me. And it just doesn't feel right that everybody w- is speaking English with. Uh, Israeli or Palestinian accents. It just doesn't feel right. It doesn't yeah. feel genuine. It's, hmm. it's, um, you can, you know, you can tell that they're not speaking their native tongue, and you ask, 
well, why are they not speaking their native tongue? Because it's meant for an English language audience that doesn't right. like to read subtitles. That's just not, and, uh, you know, I would have loved it if there had been at least in the, the native tongue. Then I would have, there's something about that syndrome when you're reading subtitles that feels more genuine on some level. So. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a shame because I, I thought the story was really interesting. Uh, you know, just sight unseen. I thought it, it sounded like it would have made a great movie with him right. as the director, and you know, I thought she could kind of pull it off, maybe. Right. But um, but that's a drag, and there's nothing worse than being in that position at a small film festival and being a publicist and having to sell a movie that isn't working. That must be, you know, I can't even imagine how hard that would be. Well, uh, anyway, I, anyway. I, I tried to. The only thing I could think of that was a positive is that uh, all everything in life is transitional. Nothing is uh, uh, for here uh, permanently. Mm -hmm. And and uh, if you uh, if you don't make a great film and you've made good or, or near great films before, it'll come again. It's just one thing. It's not nothing to get that upset about. Right. You just right. Keep on, you know, You're right. Next, so so um, what what's next for you? You're about to go see 127 hours again. Um, uh, well, I've um, actually missed the beginning of 127 hours, oh, but that's shit. okay because I've I've already seen it. It started at 4:30, uh, and it's okay. I can um, perhaps uh, get myself in or 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 just uh, sh show up for the you know whatever Q and A they're going to have. Yes, I'm going to go to that. There's going to be a uh, um, uh, some kind of a, a, like the fifth or sixth party I've been to over the last three days is going to happen at seven o'clock. And then uh, there's a, uh, uh, a screening of Black Swan, which I can't wait to see again, just because I'm. Uh, it's such a brilliant film. Is this going to be your third time seeing Black Swan, or second time? No, second time. I saw it once in Toronto, and that was it. And uh, so that's. I'm looking very much forward to that. And uh, and then uh, driving back to Manhattan, uh, Crackhead Dawn tomorrow morning. Wow, what a busy weekend. It's a nice drive. It's really nice. I mean, I really—I've never actually—I've only only taken the train and the jitney bus. You know, that's how a lot of people get out here. Hmm. So it's, uh, and uh, I'm really glad I came out here. This has really been a pleasant weekend. Oh, that's so nice. And it's been pleasant talking to you. So let's, uh, uh, you know. Time to sign. <laughs> Time to <laughs> sign off. Well, we we made it through another podcast, Jeff. I can't believe we did it, but we actually did. <laughs> so <laughs> it was great talking to you, and. Um, yes. Likewise. Enjoy the rest of your time there, you lucky, lucky bastard. <laughs> uh, okay. So, all right. Thank I'll, you very much. I'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to Oscar Poker with Jeff Wells from HollywoodElsewhere.com, Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com, with special guest Phil Contrino from BoxOffice.com. We'll see you next week. Hey.